when we hear discussions about climate change, normally we're hearing either scientists or politicians or some clash between the two and different perspectives. We rarely hear about climate change reflected on from the standpoint of ethical issues that are there. I do what's called applied ethics, and what we, what those of us in this part of the, uh, the enterprise bring to the table is sort of an explicit attempt to understand particularly the, the harms that can come from that. Ethics is very much about identifying uh, potential harms and ways of addressing that, and so that's the main thing that we bring that is build, building on particularly the scientific data, but it's then primarily looking at the harms, the risks of harms, short-term, mid-range, long-term. In many ways, when people talk about right or wrong, moral, immoral, whatever their uh, favorite way of talking about things is, we see no agreement whatsoever. Whether it's people talking about what's legal, what's illegal, what their religion says, what their culture says, what their family traditions are. Initially, it, it would seem to be an impossible t task to talk about ethics in a way where there's any universality or any agreement. The perspective that most philosophers adopt, and my background is in philosophy, the perspective that we adopt is we aim for, and this in way, many ways is a very practical way of approaching things when we're looking at the fact that we have a planet of many countries, many cultures. We're looking for something that is common. We're looking at something that is objective, that at, at the very least in terms of basic principles, it's something that we can agree on. And while there is, even among philosophers, massive disagreement, there's at least two basic principles that most philosophers, and I think most people would, would subscribe to, do no harm and treat others appropriately. Now the application of those, of course, becomes difficult, but uh, this at least gives us some foundation to build on, and a foundation that we can build on in a truly international way to find a standard to evaluate uh, the behavior, you know, our behavior from an ethical standpoint. The main ethical issues that come out of climate change are really related to the two basic ethical principles that, that I work with and most applied ethicists work with, do no harm and treat others appropriately. Part of this is then looking at the tangible harm that we've seen some of and we will see more of from rising sea levels, from increased disease, from social instability, uh, both in the short run and down the road in new, for, for subsequent generations. Uh, the phenomenon that we're, that we're seeing as the planet warms with greater CO2 concentrations in the atmosphere, uh, there are consequences to that, particularly when so much of the population on the planet lives by the coast. Uh, that coast is going to change, and so there will be there's both significant disruptions there, there will be shortages of water, impacts on food, and that really produces the prospect of some kind of harm, but more importantly, how we avoid that. The other principle, treat others appropriately, that comes to play mainly as an issue of justice or fairness. The increased CO2 has been driven more than anything else by industrialization and the uncontrolled industrialization. That then means that the industrialized nations were primarily the producers of this, Non-industrialized developing nations didn't produce it, they'll be affected by it, they'll be affected by it more than we will. Similarly, the generation of people that will, generations plural, of people who will have to deal with this problem haven't even been born. And so there's this issue of sort of fairness of 
those of us who caused the problem aren't really on the hook for solving it. The people on the hook for solving it didn't have a hand in causing it or even get the benefits from it. There are, of course, many books and many reports out on, on climate change. My favorite, which would surprise most people uh, because I'm a philosopher, but when I look at this as an ethicist and I'm looking at the issue of potential harm, my favorite report, I think it's called Climate Change and the Impact on National Security by the Center for Naval Analyses. It's a uh, terrifically clear report put together by a group of retired admirals, generals, and people whose job it is to, and all of them have had long careers, their job is to assess risk. These, this is not a group of liberal tree huggers. This is a group of people who were brought together to say, here's the data. When you look at this, what do you see as the impacts on potential national security? It is a bracing report that really does point to very significant risks, and particularly for anyone who's cavalier about this, their discussion of the relationship between climate change, failed states, and terrorism is something that everyone should really read. The fact that 97% of climate scientists are in agreement on climate change as being a human-caused event and that it's real, that while at best only 13% of the American population realizes that, troubles me in a couple of significant ways. The one that is, because I've spent my life as a teacher, is most troubling is that I have to wonder what's been going on in our schools that with the evidence being out for almost 30 years, such a small percentage of our population doesn't get what the evidence says. So this is a really sad thing about what's been going on in our schools, and I mean both from elementary to uh, through colleges and universities, that so many, some, such a big part of our population uh, got conned, which is then the second part of why this troubles me. It's that the evidence has been so clear for so long that the only way that this has been, we've gotten to the point where we are now, where so few people truly understand it, is that there has been a systematic attempt to hide the truth. And that is deeply troubling for anyone who really takes the issue of autonomy, self-determination, freedom, and democracy seriously. I think that when we look to the future and when we look for lights in the darkness, when we look at institutions that we can rely on to help people get over you know, the, the, the misinformation that they've been exposed to, I think that aquariums in general, and certainly this aquarium, is incredibly important for being on the forefront of being an, an important educational force. Not only has this aquarium, as I said, been at the forefront on this issue, really you know, sort of going against, you know, being buffeted by a lot of headwinds in trying to get the information out, which is, goes to the territory of being a serious educational institution. But the Pacific Vision, the new initiative, I think will help mark this aquarium as a significant force in making things better on the planet, certainly for the next 50 years.